it's time for another episode of the adventures of william ruby private detective brought to you by bright the dentifrice that keeps your teeth clean and white ruby here i love my job i really do i get to rub elbows with two-bit pickpockets millionaire snobs and everything in between I get to use my brain as well as my brawn. The thrill of solving a case is as stimulating as the thrill of dodging bullets. No two days are ever alike. Well, no two days are ever alike when I'm working. When I'm not on a case, I feel like a jailbird in solitary. The world loses all color and the, and the shadows in the office walls seem like bars. Not that I have first-hand prison experience, mind you. Came close a couple of times, but I've learned to jump through loopholes. I'm more likely to get into trouble when I'm bored than when I'm on a case. I tend to try new things, start new hobbies, like juggling chainsaws. Just last week, I decided to try something pretty dumb. It had been over a week since the last case. Frankie and I had played gin rummy till we wore the numbers off the cards, tried our hands at chess, I quit when she beat me five times in a row, and put together a puzzle with a picture of Big Ben. After the puzzle, I took out a box of books I had thrown in the closet and pulled out Rope Ties and Escapes by Harry Houdini. <laughs> this end like so, then loop this way, and I should be able to just pop right at it. Morning, Frankie. Good morning. What on earth are you doing? Learning an escape trick. Watch. All I have to do is... Uh, no, I must have looped it wrong. Maybe this way. Uh, no. Uh, Frankie, how are you at untying knots? Oh, well... There you are. Free again. Thanks. Must have tied that first knot wrong. Can't be that hard. Please, don't try again. I'd hate to have to take you to hospital for a knot removal. Now, why would you have to take me to the hospital to untie a knot? Because you never do anything halfway. We'd better get a case soon. I'm quite afraid to see what you come up with next. Maybe we should take a vacation. Bismo Beach is lovely this time of year. Oh, could we? I... Do love to stay beside the seaside. That will now depend on the current intrusion. Excuse me, are you William Ruby? Depends on who's asking. Miss Audrey Truesdale is asking. A potential client if you can manage to remember your manners. <clears throat> Why, yes, Miss Truesdale, I am indeed the one and only William Ruby, private detective of the highest caliber. This lovely young lady is my assistant, Frances O'Shea. Pleased to meet you. May I get you some tea? No, thank you. I won't be long. My mother, Bernice Truesdale, is being wooed by a man who I am convinced has no interest in anything but her money. I have tried to warn her of his ill intent, but she is so besotted with him that she will not listen to reason. I wish for you to terminate this sham of a relationship and banish the evil Lothario to parts unknown. Truesdale, huh? Any relation to Alfred Truesdale, the real estate developer? He was my father. He died three years ago. Will you take the job? I don't know. I usually shy away from domestic issues for a whole lot of reasons. Would a $500 non-refundable retainer change your mind? You come very highly recommended by several trusted friends, and I don't wish to engage anyone else. Well, who am I to argue with good reviews or such a nice retainer? What exactly do you want me to do? Come to dinner this evening, both of you, as my guests. 
You will see in a very short time the true nature of Armando de Salamanca. We'll already have a good idea of who he is before that. I'll do a little research. Excellent. Find what I need, and it may be the quickest $500 you ever earn. So you're aware there will be a total of seven for dinner. My sister Marlene and my brother Freddy will be there as well. It will not be black tie, but it will require a suit of, hmm, matching pieces. I'll make sure he's properly dressed. Thank you. The address is 9999 Tower Road in Beverly Hills. Drinks will be served at seven sharp. Until then. A suit of matching pieces? These match. Um, no, they don't, actually. You've forgotten again and put on your grey coat over your black trousers. Fashion choice. The Parisians call it the, uh, the ombre effect. Right. So, are we off to the library? In a minute. I'm going to call George first, see if he can dig up anything. Homicide, Lieutenant Ruby speaking. You finally figured out how? Good for you. Oh, brother. Why are you pestering me so early in the morning? Early for you, anyway. I've been at work for two hours. I need you to dig up any info you can on a guy. Ah, figures. You never call just to see how I am. New case? Yeah. Woman thinks her wealthy mother is being wooed by an evil Lothario, as she puts it. She wants me to expose him and send him packing. Hmm, sounds simple enough. What's his name? Armando de Salamanca. <laughs> What's that, uh, Italian? If my memory and my eighth-grade geography teachers serve me, it's Spanish. Spain-Spanish. Oh, right. I should have something for you in a couple hours. It's quiet here. Uh-oh. I hope you didn't just jinx yourself. Bye. Now we go to the library? Yeah. Hey. Maybe I can pick up a couple more rope trick books while we're there. You do, and I'll tie you in knots. I didn't get any new rope trick books. It wasn't worth suffering the wrath of Frankie. I did sneak out a couple of books on fortune-telling, though, just for laughs. I also got a little info about Armando de Salamanca. He was an expat from, as his name suggested, Salamanca, Spain. He was the latest in a long line of a noble family family that hadn't had two pesetas to rub together in generations. Armando didn't rest on his crest like his ancestors, though. He went into banking, which made him enough cash to emigrate to California and retire to the hills of Hollywood. It was just possible this Armando wasn't as evil as Audrey Truesdale made him out to be. I'd know better when I met him, but my gut liked what it knew so far. After the library, we went to my flat so Frankie could pick up my clothes, then Frankie headed home to doll up. While I was guying up, George called. He wasn't able to find a thing about Armando. He was clean as a whistle, not even a parking ticket. My gut thought, and I told you so. I decided a nap was in order after George's call so I could ponder all of the new information. It was still early when I woke up, so I read a few pages of one of the fortune-telling books before I had to leave to pick up Frankie. Hey, did you know that magnets play a big part in some tricks? Or, or how powerful sleight of hand and distraction can be? <laughs> Neither did I. They're handy things to know. Really handy. You look stunning this evening, Miss O'Shea. Cream silk suits you. Why, thank you, Will. I must say, you cut quite a dashing figure yourself. <laughs> it's your fault. You were the wardrobe mistress, after all. 
Wow, this is the address, but that isn't a house. It's more like a fort. Or a castle. Look at those parapets. It reminds me of my childhood. I have a feeling we're in for an interesting evening. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. Ruby. You're expected. Please come in. Please allow me to take your wraps. Ah, Mr. and Mrs. Ruby. There you are. We're having drinks in the study. Follow me. I told Mother you're an old school chum and that Miss O'Shea is your wife. She knows nothing of your real reason for being here, and I do not wish it to be revealed under any circumstances. My brother and sister do know the truth. Understood? Understood. Uh, am I me, or do I need to be somebody else? Be yourself. She will be tickled that you're a detective. She's a voracious reader of mystery novels. Everyone, this is Mr. and Mrs. Will Ruby. Please introduce yourselves. Drinks, sir, ma'am. I make a mean martini. We would prefer that you say that martinis are your specialty, Smedley. Please excuse Smedley. He's brand new to our employ. Consider him excused. Yes, thanks, Smedley. Uh, make it dry enough that a desert seems humid. White wine for me, please. As you wish. I've heard of you, Mr. Ruby. You're a private detective. I'm passionate about mystery stories, so it's a real thrill to meet a real version of my favorite characters. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Mrs. Truesdale. <gasps> Bernice, please. You really are as charming as they say you are. Are you as clever? What can you deduce about me? Let's see. You have a curious mind, you're a woman of impeccable taste, and you have a fondness for lilacs. Judging from the lilac-themed jewelry and your exquisite perfume. <gasps> Correct on all counts. Such a delight. Oh, Armando, come meet Mr. Ruby. Mr. Ruby, this is my <laughs> boyfriend, Armando de Salamanca. Please call me Will. Pleasure to meet you, Senor Salamanca. This is my wife, Frances. The pleasure is mutual. Please call me Armando. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Frances, as well as yours, Will. I had no idea Audrey had such celebrated schoolmates. How is it that she's never brought you around before? Uh, she hadn't forgiven me for dipping her pigtails in the inkwell until now. Right, Odd? <laughs> yes. Uh, excuse me. And I thought I was the only one who tortured her by calling her Odd. Alfred Truesdale Jr., also known as Freddy. You're awfully good-looking for a Seamus. I thought your kind resembled bad boxes. <laughs> I always tell the bad guys to aim for the gut and leave the face alone. How's the uh, real estate business? I have no idea. That's odds department. My job is chief loafer, and I'm very good at it. My other sister, Marlene, Mrs. John Walters to you, has the position of family drunk. She's the one over there with a glass in each hand. Say hi to the nice people, Ma. How do I know they're nice? One is a man, after all. I hate men. Every single last one of them. 
As you can see, she takes her position very seriously. Pretty, please forgive her. Marlene is going through a very nasty divorce. She'll be her old self once the decree is final. Her old self being cantankerous and stodgy. I may be lazy, but at least I'm friendly. If you ever want to leave the dick for a man with money, Francis, I'm all yours. Thank you, but no. I'm quite happy. I tried. Think I'll go steal some of Ma's hoosh before she drinks it all. I am so sorry. That was unforgivable. I'm afraid I spoiled him as he is the only son. None of my children turned out the way I hoped they would. Oh, well. They are all adults, Bernice, and responsible for their own actions. All you can do is remain firm for when they ask for what they should earn themselves. You're so right, my love. And I have been firm, even more than you know. Armando is about as unspoiled as you get. He comes from a family of Spanish nobles, you know, but he worked hard all his life. Now he's retired, yet he still works hard at pleasing me. <laughs> it is not ever work, Bernice. It is an honor and a pleasure. Dinner is served. Oh, goody. Chow time. Let's go sop up all this fine wine with some vittles, as the poor folks say. Oh, that would be you too, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Marlene! Yes, let's go. When I heard you were coming, Will, I asked Cook to surprise us with something new and novel. I can't wait to see what she came up with. New and novel turned out to be shrimp mousse, lobster bisque, and snapper baked in foil packets. Apparently it was her version of red herrings. Even the dessert, Floating Island, had fish-shaped meringues. A little too oceanic for me, but at least everything tasted good. It was better than the dinner conversation, which bounced between opinions on current events and politics, neither of which I discussed with even my closest friends. Poor Frankie had the bad luck of being seated between Freddy, the self-proclaimed bore, and Marlene, who vacillated between complaining about the shoddy workmanship of goods nowadays and weeping over the loss of her husband, who apparently had left her without a word one night. Audrey murmured to me that he was worse than a cab because he was some kind of show business person and she was better off without him. The divorce was messy because he was after her share of the Truesdale fortune. I was never more glad to be poor. On the other hand, I found Armando to be charming, intelligent, far more genuine than the rest of the group. Audrey was going to lose the battle, and her $500. The conversation topic turned to fortune-telling during dessert. I should have known jumping in would get me into trouble, but I didn't think about that until it was too late. It makes me so happy that you're interested in spiritualism and the occult as well, Will. I find it all positively fascinating. I've had my fortune told many times. The last spiritualist told me I had been a lady of waiting to Anne Boleyn in a past life. <laughs> Better to be waiting for that particular lady than to be the lady herself. <laughs> so true. Uh, that was pretty witty, Mr. Detective. Do you always think that fast on your feet? Faster when there's a 38 involved. Touche. You're not so bad for a man. 
almost tolerable. Smedley! Yes, Mom? Bring out my Ouija board. I don't think there's ever been a time as apropos as now to try and contact the other side. I don't want to hear from this side anymore. It's in the curio cabinet in the study. Yes, ma'am. Oh, Mother, I don't think that's appropriate. That's your trouble, Audrey, dear. You never think anything that's fun is a good idea. You're brilliant when it comes to your father's business, but you never take time to enjoy yourself. We really don't mind, Miss Truesdale. Yeah, Aud. Let down those golden tresses and live a little. Maybe we can even find you a husband with the help of one of those spirits. Did someone say spirits? I'll have three. You'll have nothing, Marlene. You've already had too much. Party pooper. It is tragic to see you bury your pain the way you do, Marlene. I wish there was a way I could help you. So do I. Ah, oh, he's a Ouija board. I had this made specially, you know. The board is onyx, the letters mother of pearl, and this planchette is solid gold with a platinum arrow. It's beautiful. Unusual, too. I've never seen one with a pointer like that. You'd certainly know which letter the planchette is pointing to with an arrow that long and sharp. You're so right. My eyesight isn't what it should be, so I wanted to be sure I could see what the spirits are telling me. Everyone, have a seat around the game table. Smedley, light the candelabra and turn off the lights. Then put some appropriate music on the Victrola. Yes, ma'am. I will say, Bernice, mi amor, that the idea of summoning the dead frightens me a little. What if we call upon one, uh, how shall I say, less savory? If that should happen, we will protect us, won't you, my new detective friend? I'll do my best. See? Now everyone place their fingers on the planchette very lightly. No moving it on your own. Oh, spirits, we summon thee. If there is a spirit present, choice by moving the planchette. H-E-R-E. Alright, who did that? Not me. Not anyone. I was watching. Now I'm scared. There's no need to be. This is nothing but a party trick. Hush, Audrey. It's just possible we did contact the other side. Oh, spirit. Who are you? Spell your name. D-E-A-T- H. Death. Mia madre, that cannot be so. I agree. I swear someone jostled my arm. Freddy. Not me. I think this is all a joke, but I wouldn't spell out a word like that. Look, it's moving again. One of you will die tonight? Marlene, not funny. I didn't do it. I didn't even have my fingers on the dumb thing. I was sneaking a drink. Mother, we should stop this. Audrey's right. If this is someone's idea of a joke, they had better stop now. Are you a joke, spirit, or a harbinger? It's moving again. It says, Life ends 
Now. Oh, what happened to the lights? Ah, what the hell is going on? What's that noise? What was that noise? Nobody move. Where's the light switch? Wall behind you. Mother! Oh my god! She's been stabbed in the heart with the planchette! She sure had. The platinum arrow had gone deep and killed her instantly. Freddy jumped from the table with the intent to pull it out, but I stopped him. The killer's fingerprints might have been on it. The rest of them were in various stages of hysteria. I sent Frankie out to call George, draped poor Bernice with her own shawl, then moved everyone to the other side of the room where there was a sofa and a couple of chairs. Oddly, it was straight-laced Audrey who hit the bourbon. The others just sat and stared at the body. Then Freddy thought to ask the questions that were already bugging me. Who could have done such a thing? Well, that has an obvious answer. One of us. We would have noticed someone come in. But how? Didn't we all have our hands on that awful thing? And for God's sake, why? Maybe we didn't. Maybe one of us was only pretending. The same way he's only pretending to be a private detective. Is Will Ruby even your real name? Don't be ridiculous. He's a real detective and he really is Will Ruby. I had him thoroughly checked before I brought him here. Checked? I thought you two were old friends. No. I hired Mr. Ruby to keep an eye on you. I thought you might try something like this. And now you have. Me? Never! I loved your mother very much. I would never hurt her. I'm with you, Odd, but he couldn't have done it. I was sitting right next to him. I would have seen him. Even in the dark? Oh, right. Sorry, Armando. Still don't think you did it, though. I think you did it, Freddy. Mother did threaten to cut you off. Hang on, pointing fingers won't help. You all could have done it. You all have motive, and you all had opportunity. If your idea of a motive is mother's money, you can omit me. I'll make more than enough money to satisfy me. I have a feeling there is more than one motive around here. For instance, who actually owns the business and who gets it now? Gotcha there, Ord. The police have arrived. Yes, we have. And as usual, you're smack in the middle, Will. <laughs> Better to be in the thick than under the shroud. These are the remaining members of the Truesdale family. Audrey, Marlene, and Freddy... And this is Armando de Salamanca, the victim's boyfriend, as she put it. Smedley over there is the butler, and I believe you know Frankie. You know I do. <clears throat> uh, hello, Francis. Uh, so sorry you're involved in this. It's fine, really. Just part of the job. Uh, so, the rest of you know my men have this house surrounded. No one is leaving this house until I say so. As a matter of fact... I don't want any of you leaving this room, not even you, Smedley, until I've questioned you. Will Francis with me. All right, spill it. Why are you here and what exactly happened? Audrey Truesdale hired us to look into Armando as she was convinced he was wooing her mother for her money. She asked us to come to dinner tonight to see him in action, so to speak. Bernice, the victim decided we should play with her Ouija board. The board started spelling death threats, then the lights went out. When I turned them on, Bernice had the planchette sticking out of her chest. 
Ah, that may be the wackiest story I've ever heard. It's all true, Lieutenant George. That is exactly how it happened. Oh, I believe it. After all, my little brother is involved. I think this Armando guy did it. My gut says no. What I saw of him before the murder confirmed that he really was in love with Bernice and she with him. That being said, I think a peek at Mrs. Truesdale's will may reveal a motive. Good point. All right, how about the rest of them? Mm, hard to say. I couldn't help but feel like they put on a great show for us, but that's all it was. Is Freddy really nothing more than a layabout? Is Marlene truly a drunk, or is it a combination of iced tea and acting skills? Even Audrey, who seems to be the most normal of the bunch, could be hiding something. All of that almost doesn't matter, though. Why not? With the exception of Smedley, who wasn't in the room, we were all seated at the table. Even in the dark, we would have noticed if someone took the planchette and stabbed Bernice with it. I know I was on alert the instant the word death was spelled out. I didn't see any of them make a move towards poor Mrs. Truesdale. Yet obviously one of them did. Ah, why am I always the one who gets the impossible cases? Because you're the only one who can solve them, big brother. With my help, of course. Sometimes I think you're in cahoots with the commissioner to drive me crazy. Ah, let's get this over with. Want to help me interview the suspects? Thanks, but no. I think a little poking around is in order while you're being a distraction. The more I think about it, the more I'm convinced there's more going on here than what we've seen. Coming, my darling Frankie? Yes. I'm as curious as you. Just stay out of trouble. You find anything, leave it and come tell me. Yes, brother dear. Shall I roll over and shake hands after that? No, but you could work on playing dead. Go away. I think I'm starting to rub off on that brother of mine. He gets quicker with the quips every day. Not that he'll ever match me, of course. The instant he went back to the Truesdales, Frankie and I started our search. We found a study, but it appeared to be used by Audrey as the desk was full of papers about the real estate business. If they were authentic, the business was in great shape. No sign of anything of Bernice's, though, so we headed upstairs. You know, Will, this house felt very familiar to me when we arrived, and now I know why. It's a copy of a famous estate near where I grew up in Kent. When I was six or so, my friends and I would pretend to be princesses and parade down the stairs. You don't say. So you'd know where the master bedroom is. If it's exactly the same, it would be... here. Bingo. Let's start with the vanity. You search the jewels. She had exquisite taste in jewelry. These amethysts are as beautiful as any diamonds. Say, Will, look at this business card I found tucked in the bottom of her jewelry box. It's for a lawyer. Joseph Phelps of Phelps, Phelps and Moody. Yeah, we know him. We, we caught a blackmailer from him about a year ago. We should give him a call. Do you see a phone in here? Yes, on that little desk in the corner. Mr. Joseph Phelps? Well, Ruby here. Yes, that's me. Really. 
I'd be happy to discuss that, but later. Right now, I need your help. Was Bernice Truesdale one of your clients? Yes, that was past tense. She was murdered about an hour ago. I'm assisting the police with the investigation. You don't say. You don't say. No, I won't say either. Uh, the officer in charge? <laughs> that would be Lieutenant George Ruby of LAPD's Homicide Division. Yeah, I guess you could say it runs in the family. Get a load of this. He said... What was that? It sounded like someone in the hall. Don't move. I'll take a peek. No one there now. I wonder who it was. So do I. Everyone should be in the drawing room. An intruder? But how could they get in with the squad of L.A.'s finest surrounding the place? I think we better get back to the others and get some answers. Now, there shouldn't be anyone else in the house. Cook went home as soon as the main course was served, and we don't have any other staff at night. Smedley? Yes, ma'am. There's no one else in the house besides us and the police, is there? No, ma'am. And before you ask, I'm sure of that. I went around and checked all of the windows and doors when you sat down to the Ouija board. I do it every night after dinner. So you weren't in the room when the murder occurred? No, sir. I was in the kitchen. When I heard the screaming, I ran in here. Okay, thanks. Go find a seat somewhere. Might have a couple more questions. Yes, sir. Do you need to ask me anything else, Lieutenant? Not right now. You go sit down, too. So, who do you think was spying on you, Will? I don't know. If you're sure everyone is in here the whole time. They weren't. Mr. Truesdale went out on the veranda for a smoke. Mrs. Walters fetched a bottle of aspirin from the downstairs powder room. Smedley went to the kitchen and got her a glass of water. The other two stayed. Another point in Armando's favor. I have another one on top of that. Frankie found the business card of a lawyer I happen to know in Bernice's jewelry box. I gave him a call. Get this. She had him drop a new will just a couple of days ago. She put everything in a trust, a trust that's managed by the lawyer. Audrey gets the business as she's worked hard at it. The other kids get a small monthly allowance. They won't get a real chunk of the estate until they turn 50. It was her way of getting Freddie to be independent and to protect Marlene. Armando gets nothing. Wow. I feel bad for Marlene. Oh? Why? According to Bernice, she's going through a nasty divorce. Her husband left her and now is trying to sue her for whatever money he can get. He'll be really upset when he finds out there's no money to get and will probably take it out on her. Stories like that make me glad I'm not rich. So I've gotten the story of the murder from the others... Now, you two tell me. Not much to tell. We were sitting here watching the Ouija boards, someone blew out the candles and jammed the planchette into Bernice. Will, the candles, they weren't blown out by a person's breath. The force was too strong. You're right. Hmm. That means someone else was in the room. But who? (laughs) And how? I have a feeling I know the answers to both of those questions. Where's the Ouija board? Uh, Bailey, bring the Ouija board over. Here you are, Lieutenant. Thanks. Make sure everyone stays in this room. I don't care what they want. Yes, sir. Aha. Just as I thought. What did you find, Will? A very clever magic trick. I don't want to say anything else in a room full of ears. Frankie, you said this house is a copy from one in England. 
Does the original happen to have a secret passage they call a priest hole? Priest hole? They used to hide priests during the time that Catholicism was outlawed in England. As a matter of fact, it did. Oh, I see. I knew you would. Clever girl. Big Brother, how fast can you get the dirt on someone? Very if it's important, and they have a record. Whose dirt do you want? A man by the name of John Walters. Get that, and I'll give you the how and why, and a plan to catch this guy. I think I'll start with the entertainment unions instead of R&I. Judging from what you've said in the last couple minutes, I think I'll find out more about him that way. Brilliant, Big Brother. You really are a pretty good cop. <laughs> Shut up. George was right. He did find out about John Walters from his entertainment union contracts. Frankie's memory of the old house was right, too, something we proved when we moved the suspects from the drawing room to the dining room and thoroughly searched the drawing room. That meant that I was right about the rest of it, who did it and how. Anyone who was clever enough to have come up with a plan as ingenious as theirs was never going to confess to the crime, so I came up with a way to force their hand. Stay in the drawing room. No, stay in the dining room. Now we're back here in the drawing room. What is going on? I'm not understanding how the murder was committed. I want to stage a reenactment of the crime. We're missing an important character for your play. The victim. One of my men will sit in. Smedley, uh, please take Will's place. I want him to watch with me. But I wasn't in the room when it happened. Oh, I know. Francis has taken your position in the kitchen. I want to be sure of all the facts. What should we do for a plan check? Use this gold ashtray. Everyone ready? We'll let Francis know we're starting. We're starting! Okay! All set. I'll turn off the lights and start the music. Mother was the one who bled us. You go ahead and do it, Miss Truesdale. Very well. She said something like, Spirits, we summon thee. Move the planchette. The ashtray. It is moving. It is spelling death again. Now it's spelling something else. I know who my murderer is. It was you. Smedley, who is really Marlene's husband, John Walters in disguise. Johnny! No, this isn't possible. Spirits aren't real. It was just a trick. A trick I played. You couldn't have seen me stab you. I planned it perfectly. Will, turn on the lights, quick. Men, grab him. Looks like the trick has been turned on you. Oh, dear gods, it is John Walters, disguised in a black wig and mustache. How did we miss that? It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. None of us was looking for a magic trick either. How did you figure it out, Will? A little knowledge of magic as well as someone else's astute observation. A spirit didn't spell out those words, so how was it done? Then I remembered something I read about magicians moving objects with magnets. Audrey mentioned Walters was in show business. It all fit. But uh, how could he even have moved the magnets? He wasn't in the room. Oh, yes, he was. Mrs. Ruby, you just came out of the wall. Mrs.? This house is a copy of a house in England. 
a house with secret passages that I happen to know well. Apparently Mr. Walters knew about them as well. The other end of this passage is in the kitchen. He just went into the kitchen as expected, then sneaked back in through the priest hall. It was dark enough with just the candles that none of us noticed him. He had fixed a magnet to the planchette before he brought it in, and then used a stick with a magnet attached to move the planchette. He extinguished the candles with the fireplace bellows, then struck in the dark. I found the stick in the tunnel, by the way. It was a great plan. It was a genius plan. I didn't know there would be genius guests here to thwart it. But why, Johnny? Why did you do it? The money, you stupid, spoiled woman. I knew I could wear you down and talk you into giving me a big chunk of your inheritance. I couldn't wait for the old dame to croak, though. My bookie wants cash now. You would have been in for a nasty surprise. Instead, you're in for a nasty prison sentence and possibly a date with the electric chair. You're under arrest for murder, John Walters. Men, take him away. Well, that was a nice fast one. Murder committed and solved all in one night. Just the way I like him. Though I could have done without the butler doing it. <laughs> oh, Lieutenant George. He doesn't count. He was in disguise. I am happy that you discovered the man who killed my Bernice. But my heart is shattered and will never heal. Perhaps I will turn my attention to charity work. She would have liked that. You're right. She would have liked that. I'm sorry we weren't the nicest we could have been to you. I understand. I would not have wanted to share a woman that special either. Perhaps we could work together on a charity in her honor. I'd like that. Count me in. Me too. Now that I know how horrible Johnny is, I never want to get drunk over him again. Uh, speaking of, uh, togetherness, uh, <clears throat> I heard Mr. Truesdale call you, um, Mrs. Ruby Francis. Um, when did you two get married? <laughs> we didn't, Lieutenant George. It was just a part I was playing, so our initial investigation didn't look like one. Oh. Not that I was trying to pry or anything. It's your life, uh, not, 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 not my business or anything. Big brother, if I was ever to get married, and that's a big if, you'd be the first to know. So you, you two aren't. Uh, you mean you mean you never? Uh... Never say never, Lieutenant George. But I wouldn't wager on it if I were you. Wait, you two aren't married. Then I have a chance with you, Francis. Oh, uh, no, no, you, you don't. You don't. This has been The Adventures of William Ruby, Private Detective, brought to you by Bright, the dentifrice that keeps your teeth clean and white. Tonight's cast included Helen Alamano, Val Coons, Mike Luce, Richard Tatum, Rachelle Wasserman, Max Levine, and Keith Wright. Story by Val Coons. Sound patterns by Val Coons. This has been a Q Footsteps production. Nilamshaft.